Welcome to the Health From Home podcast. I'm Dr. Stephanie Uremko, a naturopathic doctor and mother, and I passionately believe that health is about so much more than the absence of disease. In this podcast, we draw upon my years of experience as a naturopathic doctor and family wellness expert and dive into how mind, body, spirit, and community all come together to create true health from home. Hello and welcome everyone. Today we're going to be talking about things that we can do at home when we have a cold or a cough. Today we're going to focus more on the hydrotherapy aspect of home treatments. And the first thing that I want to talk about is humidity. So humidity in terms of air quality and the amount of moisture in the air. Now, when we talk about coughs and colds, we're talking about upper respiratory tract infections. Our upper respiratory tract is lined with a mucous membrane that is designed to function optimally when it is moist. So if it gets dried out, it does not function as well. It's kind of like if you imagine when your skin is really dry, it kind of gets cracked, it peels, it's, it's not as uh, protective as when your skin is moist, when it's, you know, got nice cream on it or whatever, and you have like properly moisturized skin, your skin looks better. Same thing kind of happens on the inside of our respiratory tract. So the air that we breathe um, has a huge effect on how moist or not our respiratory tract lining is. Now, part of breathing is when we breathe through our nose, the job within the nasal passage is to actually humidify that air. So one of the first things is to make sure that we are breathing through our nose because our mouth does not do that job very well. And if you have ever, you know, had a stuffed up nose, for example, and you go to sleep and you end up breathing through your mouth, you often end up with a very dry throat. And you end up with that dry throat because the air that you're breathing through your mouth is way drier than when you breathe air through your nose because the nose is actually moisturizing that air for you. So that's the first thing is that we want to focus as much as possible on nasal breathing to humidify the air naturally with our own body's mechanisms. Um, But sometimes that can be quite difficult when we have a cold because we're stuffed up and congested and can't breathe as well through our nose. So I'll give you some suggestions to help relieve that congestion for sure so that we can breathe through our nose because that is the ideal way to breathe. Going back to the air, here in Calgary, we have very dry air. So I remember growing up, we had this hygrometer on the wall. So that's like an air humidity meter. And it looked pretty cool, you know, all nice, kind of that mahogany type style wood and brass plated or whatever. But I thought it was broken because it always pointed to the very dry side and it never, the needle never seemed to move. And there was the option of very dry, there's option of like a comfort zone, option of humid, etc. But the needle was always stuck on very dry. And then one day we had this like big kind of thunderstorm and you could just feel the humidity in the air. You know, like my hair started to curl, all that kind of stuff. And the needle moved to the comfort zone. And so I realized that this hygrometer was not broken after all, but in fact, that just that our air here in Calgary, at least, is incredibly dry. And so 
that is going to be harder on our body to moisturize that area, you know, through our nose, for example, to maintain a good moist upper respiratory tract lining. So the biggest thing that we can do is to make sure that we have a humidifier, especially in the winter here in Calgary. Now there are places in the world where it's quite humid all the time and that might even be too humid and you have other issues like mold and things like that. But seeing as I'm here in Calgary and this is the issue that we deal with most of the time, we, we do want humidifiers. Most of us have a humidifier in Calgary attached to a furnace. This is generally not even close to enough to actually have a good amount of um, humidity in your house. And especially with little kids who have like, you know, just tiny little nasal passages, we really need to make sure that the air that they're breathing is the best possible. So I do recommend that you use a cool mist humidifier next to their bed or crib or wherever they're sleeping so that the air is more moist for them when, when they're sleeping. And also throughout the day, like if you could have a humidifier going in the room that they're playing in or whatever, that's going to be helpful as well. When choosing a humidifier, like I mentioned, cool mist humidifier is what I recommend just because you don't have the risk of burning like with, when you have a, one of those warm mist or hot mist ones. But the other thing to look for is the option to add essential oils. So I personally always add eucalyptus radiata essential oil to um, humidifiers whenever someone has a bit of a cough or a cold in my household. And that's because that essential oil really helps to open up the airways and makes it easier to breathe. So when we're having a little bit of trouble breathing, um, and when I say a little bit of trouble breathing, I'm not talking about gasping for breath where in the case of needing to go to the hospital, I'm talking about, you know, you're a bit congested, you have a bit of a cough, it's harder than normal. That's when the eucalyptus radiata essential oil in the humidifier can be very helpful. And like I said, you do want to have one that allows for that because essential oils can break down the plastic pieces in um, humidifiers. So if your humidifier doesn't allow for it, you might end up losing your humidifier if you add essential oils, which would be not so great. The other essential oil that I often will add to a humidifier is called Ravensara. And again, that can have some antimicrobial effects as well as just help to open the airways as well. But I find the eucalyptus radiata is the best at opening the airways. And then with the humidifiers, make sure you're cleaning those regularly because if you're not cleaning them regularly and you have you know water sitting there at the bottom, it can become a breeding ground for various microbes and then you're spraying that into the air and so now you're actually undoing any good that you were doing with the humidity because you're increasing exposure to microbes and pathogens that we don't need to be exposed to. So a cool mist humidifier that allows for essential oils that is cleaned regularly is going to go a long way to help prevent and help treat or manage cough and cold symptoms. I will also take my kids into the shower with me when they're quite congested and put some of those essential oils on the shower floor and allow them to breathe the humidity there. The one thing I will say is like, you just wanna be very careful with that because they can be slippery if they're in the shower. So sometimes you just run the shower and maybe you sit you know, on the toilet next to the shower, for example. 
so that they're getting the humidity or you bring them in after you've had a shower and, and the bathroom is kind of steamy because we, we don't want to be exposing them to hot water when they're very little. Like we want to reduce the risk of burns or scalding. And the same goes for like steam inhalation. So steam inhalation is when you know you get a, a bowl of hot water. You maybe you put boiling water into like a stainless steel bowl or glass bowl, for example, on the kitchen table, and you add a few drops of those essential oils or Vicks Vapor Rub or whatever. And you put a towel over your head and over the bowl, and you breathe in that steam. You can also do that with actually chamomile flowers, dried chamomile like tea. I prefer the eucalyptus personally, or mint. Menthol is the other one that's really good for that. But the menthol can be stinging to the eyes. And so I would definitely only be doing that with children who are much older and that are not at risk of burning themselves or or adults. Um, Sometimes with smaller kids, we can make like a tent where you put the water on the floor and you sit on a chair and you put like a sheet over yourself and the baby and you can hold your small child or your baby under the sheet. The thing with that is, again, you just want to be very mindful that you're not creating an environment where the kid is like squirming too much and is at risk of burning themselves with that hot water there. And especially when you have it on the table, like kids pull on the towel or whatever, and then if they pour that water, it's just, it's not, it's not worth the risk. So I definitely reserve that for older children, but it it is a a method that has been used for long, long time and works very well. You just want to be very mindful of the safety precautions around that. The other part um, with like humidity in the nose, for example, and this is especially true for little babies because they're, they're not able to blow their nose. So for them to clear their nose, usually they do that through sneezing, but when they're quite congested, they can't feed because they're nose is congested and if they start to feed now they can't breathe through their mouth and now they can't breathe which is obviously a problem so we need to make sure that we keep them decongested so to speak and one of the best ways for that is to add saline drops to to their nose so just a few drops in each side sometimes they'll just sneeze that right back out which is great and get rid of that mucus other times you know that mucus is like stickier which is part of the reason why we add those saline drops is to like really liquefy that mucus. The other thing is like salt has antimicrobial properties. So having a little bit of that salt water in there can help reduce the the terrain of the nasal passage for, for pathogens to grow. So having those saline drops in there helps to liquefy that mucus, soften it up, and then it's easier for that to be expectorated or to be gotten rid of. Quite often as parents, it's very helpful for us to perform what's called aspirations, so more commonly known as snot sucking. And there are a number of devices on the market that allow for this. I personally prefer the ones where you can actually like suck, like they have a kind of a straw or a tube to a mouthpiece because you can control the amount of suction a lot easier with that than the bulb style that kind of looks like a turkey baster. The other thing too is those ones that allow for the sucking, they're usually much easier to clean, whereas a lot of the kind of the old-fashioned turkey baster style are very difficult to clean. And if you're sucking snot out into something that you can't clean out properly, again, that's not going to be very helpful when you use it a second or third time. In older kids and in adults, I really encourage using a neti pot. 
and if you haven't heard of those they kind of look like Aladdin's lamp and you put saline in there and you can get pre-made saline packages like a number of companies make them like Neomed for example or Hydrosense has pre-made saline and all of those like those are all good options or you, you could make your own too I always add a salt and baking soda to mine because the sodium bicarbonate helps to balance the pH of the lining. If you buy the pre-made ones, it has that in that in there already. And you want to be using warm water. If it's too cold, it's quite shocking to the system and it does not feel good. Also, if it's too warm, if it's too hot, you're going to burn yourself. So that's also not a good thing. So, you know, check. Check the temperature of the water before you pour it in your nose. I always check on the inside of my wrist. And if it feels nice and warm and comfortable, then I go ahead and use a neti pot to really clear out the sinus passages. Going back to the aspiration with the babies, I just want to really emphasize that if you are doing the snot sucking, make sure you always put saline drops in first because you really want to give some more liquidity to that mucus to really soften it so that it comes out easier and it'll be way more soothing to the nasal passage with that saline in there than if it's not. And the other thing too is you're not doing it all the time. You're doing it two, maybe three times a day at at most typically. And then the last home treatment that I wanted to talk about for coughs, colds, this is also good, can be good for sore throats. And this is what we call the warming sock treatment. And I use this on, I haven't ever used this on a baby, but on, you know, small children up to adults, you need two pairs of socks, one pair of like thin cotton socks, and then a pair of thick wool socks. And what you do is you take the thin cotton socks and you soak them in cold water and then wring them out super well, like as as well as you can. And you go to bed, you put the cold wet sock or cold damp sock socks on your feet and then you put the dry wool socks over top and go to bed go to sleep your feet will warm up those socks so i will say like the first few minutes don't necessarily feel all that pleasant because you've cool damp socks on your feet but your feet do warm them up and during the night they actually your feet can get quite warm those socks will dry out because your feet actually warm them up and it is a way of really improving circulation in the body and helping to reduce the congestion in the sinuses so that is kind of an old-fashioned home remedy that works very well in children and adults like i said i don't use that on small small children but definitely school-aged children can benefit from that treatment. The other group of people that I would not give that to is if you are severely immunocompromised or have really poor circulation, like if you're diabetic or something like that, then that's not really a good treatment option for you. Hopefully you've learned a little bit about the power of water therapy at home and things that you can do at home to help relieve symptoms of cold and congestion while supporting your body to get over illness faster. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, it would mean a lot if you could review this podcast wherever you are listening. For more information on lifestyle changes you can make, including my free class on a natural approach to cold and flu season, visit my website, dryuremco.com. Until next time, be well and take care.